Welcome, Cardinals fans, to the second episode of the Red Rain Podcast with your host, Walter Mitchell. I am delighted to report that the inaugural pod- podcast was was well uh, well heated and, and attended. And um, not only did we have a number of listeners nationally, but uh, there were also listeners from uh, Japan, Taiwan, and uh, England. So there's a global outreach here to Cardinal fans. It's pretty exciting. And thank you. Thanks for, for everyone for um, for your support and your positive feedback. We'll try to keep you interested and tuned in as these uh, episodes continue. Today, I want to talk about three uh, players in particular, and they are number one, Kyler Murray, number two, Aaron Rodgers, and number three, Chandler Jones. So with that, let's get right after it. Kyler Murray, number one. Uh, Obviously, Kyler is in the news again for expressing his interest in, in playing baseball down the road my first reaction to it was it's totally moot point for the next three years because there's a no baseball contract um uh clause in his contract with the cardinals so baseball's not happening for kyler unless he he bugs out of the contract um which i may have some fans nervous that he might do that uh particularly seen as the analogy would be as if you married someone who divorced their first spouse to marry you. Uh, it may not be a total surprise that if they divorced you to marry their next spouse. Uh, and I don't know what's going through Kyler's mind, and I don't know if he has a media coach, but if I were his media coach, Mentioning baseball now, again, uh, is just inane and absolutely, in my my opinion, ignorant of the fact that this does absolutely nothing good for Kyler right now to say that. Um, you have to know, I mean, Anytime you speak to a broad audience, you need to know who your audience is. And he's on a being interviewed by the Arizona Cardinals as the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. And the vast majority of his listeners are Cardinals fans. Now, raise your hand if you got a warm and fuzzy feeling hearing Kyler talk again about his interest in playing both football and baseball. I don't think any Cardinal fan would entertain that thought i know some would think oh well he could play for the diamondbacks and just you know go five minutes down the road the logistics of all that are just so far-fetched at this point that it's not even worth discussing at length but what is worth discussing in my opinion is is kyler's awkwardness with the media and sometimes saying things that he really shouldn't say, even if he's feeling it, because it's it's just making things worse for himself. 
I mean, from the standpoint of on the football field, you know, every time he gets sacked or or hit, the guys are going to be jumping, opponents are going to be jumping up saying like, yeah, baby, might as well play baseball. Um, so he's going to have to fend, fend off those taunts. And then with Cardinal fans, I mean, there'd be this nervousness. I mean, one of the things that Cardinal fans have pointed out that, that was legit about Kyler coming in is he's never really faced adversity in his in his uh, high school days, going forty three and zero at Allen Allen High School in, in Texas, and being a legendary quarterback in that state, and then at Oklahoma, losing one regular season game, and then a game to Alabama and the in the national semifinals, and that's. There's not a lot of losing going on there. And then now he comes to the Cardinals, who had the worst record in the league in 2018. And undoubtedly, he was going to have to face losing for the first time. And I think, to Kyler's credit, I think he's not only tried to um, combat the the feelings, that, the awkward and terrible feelings that come with losing, I think he's he's trying to also combat the kind of complacency that he's seen from veterans in the Cardinals locker room about losing. And that in itself, both of those have been daunting aspects of his first two years is we've heard him say repeatedly, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm used to winning. And yes, he has been used to winning. And now he's in a unique situation where he can pull a franchise go from worst to first, if you will, if, if he can help raise the level of play all around him, which to a certain degree he already has. Um, but now the next step is to try to get over the hump and into the playoffs. So, but, but then, you know, so as Cardinal fans kind of makes you nervous, that, I don't know. When he brings up baseball, uh, you know, could he do the unthinkable and decide, you know what, I, I, I think I'd, I'd rather give take my shot at baseball than football. And I don't think Kyler was intending for Cardinal fans to feel that kind of nervousness. But let's just remember, Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen, and they put him on the block. Uh, pulled off a very unprecedented move of drafting a quarterback in the first round two years in a row. They also invested the number one pick in that draft. And wouldn't it be the Cardinals' luck to finally draft a quarterback, you know, with a number one pick? And there's an issue of whether he's going to play baseball. It's just, it almost goes back to Joe Namath, who, the Cardinals picked in the first round back in Joe Namath's day and Namath chose the Jets over the Cardinals. And, oh man, imagine how the Cardinals fate could have been different if Joe Willie had signed with the Cardinals. So, I mean, we have a history of, of quarterbacks, you know, bugging out and uh, trying to play somewhere else or, you know, Tim Rosenbach, there, there are other examples, but with Kyler, it kind of makes you a little bit nervous. Uh, 
as to what he's thinking for him to still keep the baseball situation alive. And you know, there was a bit of a commotion uh, about Kyler wearing an A's hat to a Suns game. Now, at the time, I kind of thought it was a, a gesture of thanks on, Car- on Kyler's part to the A's for being so generous with him. And, um, you know, the, the Suns were playing the Warriors. So the context there, the Suns were playing any other team and Kyler's sitting there in an A's hat. It's a, a different context, but the fact that you know, Kyle was wearing an A's hat there, I took it as thanks A's for letting me follow my dreams and being kind enough to let me out of my contract so that I could sign with the Cardinals. So, and then of course, Kevin Durant, after a Nets win recently, was wearing an A's hat again. Out of thanks for his days in the Bay, uh, you know the the Warriors Arena is right next to the Oakland Coliseum, and so I I think no one took real exception to that, and nor nor should should they have. So, but with Kyler, it would be so much better for Cardinal fans if Kyler's saying, "Look, and I I'm all in." to football. I'm all into the Cardinals. I really appreciate that they drafted me number one. We're, we're pushing the needle forward and, and, uh, you know, make it a, a done deal. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, so the other thing with Kyler, and I'm hoping that this changes this year, he, he, he said that running for him now would be a luxury. And, uh, that's the minute he said that I was, I mean, this is how paranoid Cardinal fans can get because the minute he said that I was thinking, Oh boy, here's Patrick Peterson all over again. Like, uh, you know, after one or two years, look, you know, returning punts is a luxury, even though I'm the best in the planet at it. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really put my heart and soul into that anymore. And uh, and think of how big time punt returns can change the complexion of ball games. And in Kyler Murray's case, he and Lamar Jackson are the two most gifted uh, running quarterbacks in on the planet right now. There's just no doubt about it. Now, yes, I mean I don't think you want to run designed plays for Kyler frequently. But in right situations and, you know, running a run-pass option for him, uh, it would be would be outstanding to keep doing because he's so good at it and it puts such enormous pressure on the defenses. But Kyler needs, you know, and Kyler can protect himself. Where he got away from himself a little bit last year was, was uh, he started taking more risks and like in that Dolphins game, he even put his shoulder down to try to get a first down. I don't think that's a wise move for him moving forward. But but using his feet in a myriad of ways to take advantage of the kind of pressure he can put on the defenses of paramount importance. 
and it still sticks in my craw that, uh, you know, here we are, we're playing in the NFC West. Quarterbacks like Jared Goff are doing more with their legs by design than Kyler. I mean, why, why don't we see Kyler on bootlegs, on waggles, on sprint outs? Why, are, why is T Kyler so relegated to the back end of a pocket? That's just seemingly um, just uh, obtuse in, in way of approaching his game as a quarterback. Because, yeah, he, he can pass from the back end of the pocket. We've seen that. He has his limitations there, too, though, because if he doesn't have clear passing lanes, from the back of the pocket, it's an iffy proposition. And you know, by moving him around and giving him clearer passing passing lanes with his arm and his running ability, it's a win-win for the Cardinals in every conceivable manner. And the the thing that I keep thinking about is why is this happening? So, and I I keep thinking that Tyler's basically dictating to Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. No, I don't want to do all that. I'm I'm good passing from the back of the pocket, and you know, if I need to run to create and extend plays from there, fine. But just snap me the ball back there, and I'll make things happen. And I'm hoping that's not the case. But I can't imagine why why the Cardinals don't use Kyler Murray's legs more than they do in particularly in creating um, passing lanes. So, and the other thing is, is that, you know, now we have Rodney Hudson. Is Kyler going to get over center and run a, run a, a quarterback sneak? I mean, he could have run quarterback sneaks last year. He'd probably win two or three more games. And, and you know, or putting Chris Strebler in there to do it. But, I mean, with Rodney Hudson over the center, I mean, shouldn't be that difficult to convert a, you know, a third and fourth and inches by getting over center and sneaking the ball for that distance. Um, we need that. We need, we need a better plan in, in short yardage situations. So, but, uh, but Kyler's, I mean, when you look at it this way, I mean, I'm an Oakland A's fan. I always have been. In fact, I'm, pretty psyched up these days because uh reggie jackson who pays close attention to arizona teams you know he's arizona state guy one of my childhood I idols just uh i just got a notification that he's following me on twitter so i wrote him right back you know mr october uh I, that was such a thrill to see that and it's legit it's his his twitter account um, so but uh I'm an Oakland A's fan, and I'm one of the few Oakland A's fans who actually was able to take some solace out of Kyler changing his mind because he was going to go play for my beloved Cardinals, which which eased the blow there. But for A's fans, I mean, if Kyler thinks he's stoking them up by saying, yeah, I still might like to play baseball, um, <laughs> that even – is not really a feasible outcome here or, or expectation of an audience. I think 
A's fans have moved on from Kyler Murray. They're vastly disappointed that the team lost a number nine pick in the MLB draft. Uh, you know, and the they know Kyler's contract is no baseball clause. They're not going to get their hopes up again that Kyler Murray is going to change his mind and suddenly be an Oakland A. But moving on to part two with Aaron Rodgers, the question becomes, if you know, uh, a, a natural question becomes, I mean, seeing as Rodgers is out there and he's adamant that he wants out of Green Bay, I think it would behoove virtually every team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes or you know a top three quarterback in the league to to make inquiries about Rodgers. Um, Rodgers wants to live in the West, so Arizona would be a preferred location, as would Las Vegas or um, potentially Denver. I mean, I think those probably would be three of the franchises he'd be most interested in, in going to. I mean, with San Francisco now, they have they drafted a quarterback, so that's that's not going to happen. And the Rams have Stafford, and the Chargers have Herbert, and the Seahawks have Wilson. So, you know, you're looking at Cardinals, Raiders, or Broncos as Western teams that could show an interest in Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, what's fascinating to me is the thought that this year, the the theme of the NFC West teams talking to NFC Central teams about quarterback flips. And we had the Lions and Rams make the trade for swapping Stafford for Jared Goff. Um, and then there was all sorts of talk that 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 um, Russell Wilson would have embraced a, a move to Chicago with the Bears. Well, there was some speculation there. Now the Bears drafted their young quarterback. So <clears throat> Russell now says he never requested a trade, whatever. So, um, but that was a possibility. And can you imagine if, a trade of Aaron Rodgers for Kyler Murray, uh, in in that in, in almost in a similar spirit, because you're getting a you're trading a younger quarterback who's who's gotten one Pro Bowl nod for an established veteran who's considered one of the top quarterbacks of his generation. And in Aaron Rodgers' case, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. Um, so I, th I think any trade for the Cardinals involving Aaron Rodgers would have to include Kyler Murray. There's no question about that. And that's, that's an asset the Cardinals would have over the Broncos or the Raiders, one would assume. Now, I can't see... Packers being interested in, in, in Carr or Locke or Bridgewater um, as part of that deal. And I'm not sure they're convinced that they can go with Jordan Love as the starter already this year. Um, I think they would prefer to have a, an exciting young quarterback 
go with love. Um, and of course, Murray would fit that bill. And of course, the irony would be that Murray would be playing in green and gold in, in Green Bay. <laughs> um, but that may be, in some ways, a, a far fetched scenario for the Cardinals. I don't know. They, if they're working on this, they'd have to try to do it as sotto voce, as quietly as they possibly could, because if they couldn't pull off this trade, they wouldn't help them for Kyler to know that they were actually discussing this. Um, but it would be in line with this the, the tenor of this offseason, because Cardinals clearly see a Super Bowl run in front of them, potential, and they've been hiring, you know, they've been signing players like J.J. Watt and trading for, um, you know, a veteran like Rodney Hudson with the idea that over the next two or three years they could make this run. And, of course, in two years from now, the Super Bowl's in Glendale. So when it comes to thinking about a Super Bowl run and window, acquiring Aaron Rodgers certainly would aid and abet that cause. The other thing is, is salary-wise, it doesn't look as if Rogers taking on Rogers' contract would be all that prohibitive. It looks as this year his base salary is 14.7 mil. There was a 6.8 roster bonus that maybe the Packers, I would imagine, would want to include the whoever trades for Rogers to pick up that they've already paid. But I think that the team acquiring uh, Rogers would have to be willing to do that, which which would make his his cap hit this year 25.5 mil and then 25 in 2022 and 25 in 2023. So, I mean, that's a Brady-esque situation for anyone trading for Rogers um, salary-wise. It's certainly, you know, to get – the kind of play you get from him at 25 years would be a, a, a boon for any team. Um, so there's a feasibility there as well. And of course, Steve Kahn's been saving money. Um, and that is a segue into part three with Chandler Jones and his situation. As we know, Jones has been sitting out of, uh, he's sat out of mandatory mini, mini camp. I imagine the, the the threat of sitting out of training camp is looming. He's sitting out because he has no injury guarantees at this point for the $15.5 million he has on his, his base salary that doesn't become fully guaranteed until week one of the regular season. But there's, I mean, both sides seemingly have not been able to reach a compromise where the Cardinals could guarantee some portion of his 15.5. I don't think it would um, be smart of them to just immediately guarantee that to Jones, who had missed the last 11 games of the season last year. And, um, you know, it's almost 
I mean, for him to miss training camp, I think is 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 out of the question. I mean, the Cardinals have to make do something in with Jones to ensure that he's part of the team and training. I mean, can't see Jones, particularly having missed 11 games last year, showing up week one in football shape. It's Patrick Peterson off suspension all over again. And you, we just wouldn't know what to expect, what to get from Chandler Jones. I mean, imagine it would take him a while to get in football shape. I mean, you can work out all you want all your, on your own, but you have to, bodies need to, football bodies need to be hardened through the daily practices, through the, you know, the physicality, the, the pounding on, you know, across the ball each practice. Um, bodies need, football bodies need to get in football shape. Working out on your own isn't going to do that, and plus you're missing out on all the the uh, the syncing up of the defense with your teammates and the, the coordination of the defense and being everyone being on the same page and being in, having the chemistry of working together, et cetera, et cetera. So with Taylor Jones, something's got to come to a fruition here on some sort of a compromise. I mean, it's not in the Cardinals' interest to just immediately guarantee him his 15-5, and that's smartly so. Uh, and it's it's more in Chandler Jones' interest to just hang out for week one so that that portion is guaranteed. But that's a not a win-win for any 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 in any way of thinking. Um, not for the Cardinals, not for Jones. Something's got to give there. And I, I, the obvious answer to me is that if if Jones could agree to, you know, the Cardinals could say, okay, well, we'll guarantee you $10 million of the 15-5. And, you know, we can go from there and we can proceed or maybe $11 million, And that gives us some, some bit of flexibility on the cap and, to sign other players, which we still intend to do. And particularly if, for example, if you go down again, you know, maybe we could require, you know, make a trade for for an edge player who can help pick up the slack. So there, there are ways of making these kind of compromises and team, you know, Chandler would have to be willing to, to compromise. And so would the Cardinals. Otherwise, I think that it would behoove the Cardinals to move on from to tra- try to trade Chandler Jones, which they didn't do with Patrick Peterson, unfortunately. Um, saying no to a first rounder and Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles, in retrospect, that 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 stings, um, and. You know, right now, I think some teams might be interested in Jones, uh, particularly if they think he's got a few years left in the tank and they could take that contract and and uh, restructure it and extend it. I don't think the Cardinals are at that point with Jones because of of the 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 off year he had last year, 
on the field and then with the injury at his age. Um, and then the, also the fact that they've signed Marcus Golden for a two year to a two year deal. Uh, they also, I think, are very high on Dennis Gardeck, who I think would be an outstanding bandit in that 34 defense. Uh, and, you know, in ways that, that Chandler isn't because Chandler's not um, really a, a 34 outside linebacker. He's an edge rusher. He's dang good at it. But Gardeck has the speed and agility to uh, to play every aspect of that position, to, to contain, um, to chase down runs, to, to force the run. Uh, and of course, to rush that edge, and and if occasionally, if needed, in coverage. I mean, Gardeck is a is like four 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 five speed. He's for as linebackers go, he is he is quick. So um, something's got to give with Jones there, and I'm hoping it's a con- compromise for both his Jones' sake because. He's loved by the fans and the and his teammates, and rightfully so. And for the Cardinals' sake, because I know they've been excited about the thought of Jones playing alongside of J.J. Watt and, uh, and helping to form one of the more prolific pass rushes and, and dynamic pass rushes in the NFL. Those are the three thoughts for today on, on uh, Murray, Rodgers, and Jones. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please uh, chime in with your feedback. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are uh, and, um, about those three players and the situations. And uh, have a great